Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Buckle them indeed. Week one is in the books. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin from the South Street Seaport Studios. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning in lower Manhattan if you're watching us on ESPN News. So the uh, Titans missed three field goals and a PAT, yet it's the Broncos that are kicking themselves this morning. Key, what do you got? Uh, what, what, what we need to do is I need to bring a, a uh, container, like a, a glass vase in here, big one. And I need to sit it right there. Why is that? If you're watching on television, we got a table with a and, little plant and some books. And no, seriously. And a really high, expensive rug. <laughs> well, no, I'm not talking about the rug, but I, I really do. And here's why. Okay. And, and I'm going to have you, I'm going to hold you to this. Okay. Every time I say at the end of the damn day, at the end of the day. Is that your crutch phrase? I need to. Put twenty dollars, twenty, twenty, not a dollar. I love how most people go like with a dollar. No, because <laughs> it will stop me from saying it. I, I, it's like that's the one thing that I go to, and I hate it. I don't know why. I just. But even if you're not in TV or radio, you always have that one thing you always fall back though. on, right? Nah, I know. We talk in conversation. Let's let we gonna stop that. We gonna stop. <laughs> Zubin, that. I think your, yours is very quickly. You say let me let me say it very quickly. First things first is another one. Ah. First like things first. first. See, I got the end of the day. What are mine? I don't know. I don't I know. I haven't really been paying actually. attention to you much. <laughs> come on. Come on. Great, great. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> no, but seriously. Listen, at the end of the day, you have no problem. <laughs> Evan, do I need to get the, the jar, whatever. And I'm serious. And I'm and 20 bucks goes in whenever I say that. All right. All right. See, Hashtag it's, be better. I like that. Kid. Yeah, I got to fix that. So the, the, the jar stay here, stays here all the time. Honor system. There could be 80 bucks laying in. I have a lot. Yeah, I have a lot. But, it, it, but eventually at the end of each month, we'll give it to charity or something. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's what we're gonna do. Right. So you have so your keep saying it. No, I have your phrase. He has his phrase. We have to find out who, what mine is. Okay, great. All right. So we got first things first. At the end of the day, and we're still TBA because nobody listens to me. That's fine. <laughs> no, I got come it. Come on, come on. Uh, nobody. I, I think everybody wanted to listen to Vic Fangio last night. What was the deal, right? So the Titans drive down. They're down one. They roll in. They kick a field goal to win. The Broncos had three timeouts all in their pocket under the two minute warning. Could have stopped the clock. On the defensive side of the ball, knowing when they got the ball back, no matter what Tennessee did, they'd give themselves an opportunity for a game-winning drive with Drew Locke. Instead, Tennessee comes down, kicks the field goals, the timeouts stay in the pocket, and everybody's wondering, Coach Vic Fangio of the Broncos, why didn't you use them when you had them? Well, it was twofold there. One, their field goal kicker had obviously been having his problems, so I didn't want to extend the drive to where they could get closer, number one. And number two... You know, we would have used the timeout, but we got the running back out of bounds. We would have used the second timeout, but they threw an incompletion, you know, which would have given us one left when we got the ball back. So that was part of the thinking there. You buy it? Well, I mean, usually when you there's an incomplete ball, you don't – incomplete pass, you don't call a timeout. And if the back goes out of bounds, you don't call a timeout. The clock is stopped. The clock is stopped. That's clock stoppage. But prior to that <laughs> – you know, there's a few timeouts you could use, I mean, along the way. And even after that, they, you could have used the timeouts. They do you no good to take them to the podium with you. It does you no good. Can't carry them over. Can't, can't carry them yeah, over. Can they carry over to week two? <laughs> no. I'm, no. No, yeah. No. I just, I, I just feel like last night. I hate I, coaches when they do that, though. Key, I'm keep watching the game. I almost sent you a text because I'm watching the game. I'm like, all right, timeout. Timeout. Oh, no, we're going to keep going. Okay. All right. Timeout. 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 And I was like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm in my own head yelling timeout at the TV. And then I started going online. And I started looking at, it was like a hashtag timeout. And it just was going off. I mean, just not random fans, 
but like players that actually played the game of football were yelling at him about not calling a timeout. I'm just glad that I don't play football anymore because playing for defensive-minded coaches, it'll kill me. I mean, I, Coach Dungy was great. There's no question about it. And, and done, did wonders for me both on and off the field. But playing for that man in his mindset of kicking field goals and keeping the score low and winning games because our defense was one of the best defenses in NFL history drove me crazy. Playing for Coach Fox in Carolina, defensive mind, just drove me crazy. It's like, give me Sean Payton and Sean McVay all damn day long. It does seem like in today's NFL, you're more likely to get a Peyton or a McVay no matter what roster you're on because the game has changed so much in that direction. But Fangio is one of those sort of guys that sort of, as Jay said, he's been in the league for as an assistant for more than three decades. He was with 33 uh, years. Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. He's done it at the college level as well. When you're a team that's operating on the margins like the Broncos and you're hoping for a breakout year, it's just game one. But when something as boneheaded as that happens, what happens in the locker room? Well, you, you, it, it's not, it doesn't even get to the locker room because on the sideline, we know the game. We're sitting there looking at the clock, too, and saying to ourselves, why aren't you calling a timeout? Now, one of the things, one of my go-tos is Bill Parcells. I learned so much from him about situational football. I can think like him and his staff before it even takes place what the next thing is. This is what we're going to do. It doesn't seem like that's the setup in Denver where I could think like Coach Fangio and know, okay, a minute 30, he's going to use the timeout. I could tell you right now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to call Max X, uh, Max Cafe XQ because we're going to get here to kick the field goal. Or we're going to call timeout because we're going to run nickel 40 with Curtis Martin. Before we even get to football, I can tell you, What's going to happen on the next possession? I don't sense that in Denver. You just, and that's when you're on the sideline, I don't need to go to the locker room. We're already discussing that on the sideline about why we didn't use timeouts or why we're going to use timeouts. I'll tell you what happens in the locker room, depending upon Fangio's relationship with his team, is you start getting a lot of chatter from a lot of your agents, a lot of people around you as players. Key, you know about this. Well, your, does your head coach know what the hell he's doing? Does he know what's going on? But what we'll know. Call? I understand you know that on the sideline. Yeah, I you don't know that, that on the sideline. <laughs> I'm saying what happens, though, is once afterwards, it continues to fester over. And I, I really think even if he does have a decent relationship with them, players are looking at that saying, okay, like that happened. We don't agree with that. We should have called these timeouts. You'll get a pass. But let that happen again. Let it happen again. If it happens again, then you might get people that might fall out of line and people might actually start saying stuff to the media. And typically you have a, a leader like a Von Miller on the sideline, that, I mean in the game, that will tell the coach, yo, call timeout. Like you have veterans. You have veteran guys that have the, the cachet to be able to go and say, yo, call timeout. And the coach will then say, okay, I, I should call timeout. But when you don't have that guy there – Sometimes it gets away from the coaches and they start thinking about what they think is best opposed to what the players may have in terms of input. So you get a little bit of that as well. To Jay's point, they lose to Pittsburgh this Sunday who they're playing the Steelers and, you know, odds are they probably are. Then you fall to 0-2, mm-hmm. might get blown out, should have won the first game. People are doubting you. It's year two on the job. You got the job in your 60s. He doesn't look like your prototypical NFL head coach, defensive-minded in an offensive-minded league. I could see how this Said a few things in the offseason. You know. I could certainly see how that could go 
astray. Yeah, real that's what quick. I'm saying. He 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 says some things can in the offseason. I, 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 I didn't hear what he said in the offseason. Well, he said that there was no racism in the NFL. And especially from a coaching standpoint in terms of hiring. He did so, say it was a merit-based yeah. system. You yeah. earn what you, you get. He did, what to you his say. point, he did apologize and no, walk he back. Did. Okay. Eventually, right. he walked it back when he got the heat. Right. But I'm just saying, you, you start there, and then your first year wasn't so smooth. You had the debacle in Indianapolis with Flacco. Even though you were out of the playoffs, you still did kind of did the same thing of walking, uh, taking timeouts to the locker room with you. So you start to look at a pattern there where now, much like Jay said, the players start looking at you sideways when the results aren't favorable. We'll see what happens. It's been tough sledding so far. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin reminding you to check out ESPN Audio at home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Van. Drive a Mercedes-Benz Van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance. Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. And we are ready to talk to Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show. Been covering the sport for four decades. He joins us weekly here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Paul, I mentioned just a few minutes ago, one of the biggest stories in all of sports that is percolating is what is going to happen with the Big Ten. We heard perhaps over the weekend a vote was forthcoming on reinstalling the Big Ten season at some point. Now we're not sure when the vote will happen. They're saying sometime this week. Can you just help us understand the seismic shift that would occur if they do a 180 and say, we're back? It's simply uh, indescribable, Zubin. I mean, we're talking about a league that on August 11th shut down. uh, And then a week later, the commissioner, Kevin Warren, said, we're done. Uh, It was uh, it was absolute. There There was no mystery about what was going on there. And since then, it has been an unmitigated chaos. I will say uh, that if they come back, it it will help mitigate some of the damages. But here's the most interesting thing. I mean, this story started percolating over the weekend. We thought it would be there would be an announcement on on Sunday. We are now, what, 810 Eastern time Tuesday morning. We still don't know. And, And for them to be eligible for the college football playoff, they need to start by by October 17th. I mean, they're burning minutes and hours that are precious to this league right now. So, I mean, I really don't know exactly what the holdup is, except one more thing. Uh, there's some conversation that, that three or four of the schools don't want to play, period. And, and the league, I think, is trying to figure out, can we come back with eight or nine schools uh, and, and leave a few at home? Or are we just going to have to uh, do a no vote again? I mean, it's, it's it's watching this in real time. I mean, you hear all the cliches about watching sausage made. Uh, this is much worse than that. <laughs> watching sausage made. Hey, Paul, out west, obviously, in my conference, they are Pac-12 conference, aggressively trying to figure out how to get things back on track in late, uh, late November. How will that affect the Big Ten and as well as the playoffs? Uh, Keyshawn, uh, with all due respect to your wonderful conference. I knew you was going to uh, say something no one really, no, no, I knew you was going to say something Nobody slick. really cares. The Pac-12 is simply operating uh, on a different time scale. They, they cannot make it back in time for the playoff. And, and some of it is legitimate. I mean, they have a lot. We all know there are serious, serious problems in California right now that uh, if the Ohio State-Oregon game was supposed to be 
uh, at Oregon over the weekend. That game could not have been played because of the wildfire situation. So, I mean, th- there are serious issues that they have to deal with in addition to, to COVID. There's some ordinances out there in three or four states that, that would, I think, still preclude uh, amazingly college football from going on, even though we all know pro football continues to exist out there. Um, they're not going to be a part of the playoff. If they come back uh, by Thanksgiving, they can at least play uh, some semblance of a season, but they are really not part of this other conversation with the Big Ten. Paul, really bad weekend for the Big 12. Uh, three losses to some belt teams. <laughs> with the advantage of home crowds gone, is this the new norm that we will see in college football? It could be. Uh, you know, one thing about the first weekend of the season, uh, usually you will see some surprising games, Jay, because uh, you know, a lot of teams just don't take the other ones seriously. What, what I can't understand is this, and, I, and I'm begging all of you uh, to help me out, uh, especially the teacher there in the cardigan sweater, because he's so <laughs> smart and he has a Rutgers degree. What, 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 I can't wait for the, the classics lesson today from, from uh, Professor Zubin. Here, here's the deal. Uh, Les Miles, remember him? He was at LSU and won a national oh, championship, yeah. primarily with Nick, Saban's, with Nick Saban's talent, I might add. He opened last season against Coastal Carolina and lost. He opened this season against Coastal Carolina and lost. I mean, usually when you lose to a team in a, in a, in a game a year ago, you figure out a way – uh, to maybe beat them in the revenge game. In 13 games, he's lost twice to the same school. And while Coastal Carolina, I think they won the national championship in baseball a couple of years ago. They have, they have a really good athletic department. Why, that should not be a fair, a fair fight between Coastal and, and Kansas. So, I, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm at a loss to explain Les Miles. The Iowa State game was really a surprise because uh, this is a team that, that many thought, you know, could make a run for the Big 12 championship. Uh, and then the other game, Kansas State, uh, a once uh, great power under Bill Snyder, losing uh, to, to Arkansas State. And a lot, there were a lot of COVID issues in, in, in all these games. But still, uh, the, the Big 12 losing three games to the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, it's really interesting. The Sun Belt is, is, a, is a really good conference. I talked to Billy Napier yesterday, who is the Louisiana coach who went to Iowa State. And, and just keep your eye on him. I mean, he is going to be he was offered a couple of jobs last year. One in particular in the SEC, he'll be up for a lot of big jobs this year. He's a former Nick Saban uh, assistant coach. So keep uh, re- really an interesting story developing down there in Lafayette. Let me ask you this, though, Paul. I know you know Les Miles very well. Longtime SEC guy, obviously. Does he regret taking that Kansas job that's like a doormat for everybody? Keyshawn, you've never had to worry about this, but I have. When you're unemployed and nobody is calling you on the phone, uh, you will take a job anywhere. And uh, that, that's where Les Miles was. I mean, and I say this with, I like Les Miles, but I mean, Les Miles, Les Miles was not exactly a candidate for Monday Night Football. I mean, he's not that funny. He's not that personable. And, uh, you know, he got that job and, and he took it. It pays good money. And, and he had no other options. I mean, none. When, Paul, you think about everything that's happened so far this season, the guy that kind of stands out to me, the guy I think everybody was looking forward to seeing was Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma, continuing the great tradition of Oklahoma quarterbacks in recent vintage from Lincoln Riley, from Baker Mayfield, to Kyler Murray, to Jalen Hurts, and now Spencer Rattler. Besides having an all-time great name, (laughs) what have you seen from him early? Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, he just he, he just looks like that quintessential Oklahoma quarterback. And and you know, you laugh about the name Zubin, uh, but when when you're developing Heisman Trophy candidates, a name does matter. Baker Mayfield was a great name. Uh, Kyler Murray was a great name. Uh, Spencer Rattler might have one of the greatest uh, college football QB names of all time. And and really, after one game, he is. He is in the Heisman race. I know that sounds crazy because we don't even know who some of the school, we don't know whether Ohio State is even going to be eligible this year with Justin Fields. But that, that's, the, that's the beauty of, of having Lincoln Riley as your coach. Uh, he is uh, the preeminent offensive mind in the country. We've seen it the last three years with uh, a couple of number one picks and, and three Heisman finalists. Remember Jalen Hurts last year after leaving uh, Alabama. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, not, not a great matchup. Uh, but still, uh, he will put up humongous numbers every Saturday. No you, question. You're going to leave my Pac-12 conference alone, too. <laughs> Keep doing it, Paul. I enjoy it so much. Um, I am going to ignore them at all costs, uh, Keyshawn. <laughs> and I, and by the way, I miss it. it. It was so much fun last year when I, we used to see each other in New York for me to make fun of you uh, after, the latest Monday, after the latest SC disaster. So I don't know if I'll be able to do that this Woo-hoo. year. Oh, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> On another unrelated note, I'll be working on my major in classical studies, a minor in medieval <laughs> studies and philosophy. It's going to be a very tough semester for me, and doing it on Zoom is not going to make it any easier. I can't be on campus. Paul, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Paul. Paul. Always a pleasure, guys. See you next week. Oh, Paul's Professor awesome. Professor Zubin. Paul Feinbaum. Professor Zubin. I, I like that nickname. i got to work on my tenure, though. i got to work on my tenure. We should keep it. Yeah, you look like a no one of those professors – You've two minutes late. He closes the door and oh, tells yeah. you, "Sorry, you're not taking the test." I'm the Tom or, or, Coughlin of professors. Five minutes early is on time. Or also, <laughs> you're you're the professor. You give the syllabus, and you're like, "Why is the syllabus 150 pages? Why so much?" It should be online anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm old school. You know, I'm old exactly. school. Exactly. Paper syllabuses. Here you go. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. That includes Jeff Van Gundy, who's coming up at the bottom of the hour. Jeff will have his prediction on the Clippers and the Nuggets and how it'll all start between the Heat and the Celtics. Jay is on record tonight. Clippers win, roll, and it's going to be LALA in the Western Conference Finals. We will see if our lead NBA analyst agrees. That's coming up in just a bit. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Let's get right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Jeff Van Gundy will be on the call of the two best (laughs) words in sports. That's Jay Will, by the way, Jeff. Hang tight. We'll get to him in just a second. He wants to talk about that other series, game one, that nobody's really talking about. But on the docket for you, Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, and Rachel Nichols. Clippers, Nuggets, game seven, nine Eastern on ESPN. What is the biggest thing we need to watch for in tonight's game seven? Well, I... I think in game seven, a lot of times fatigue plays an issue as far as it's been a long, hard-fought series. Sometimes the three-point shot doesn't fall uh, in game sevens, and I think those people that can live at the free throw line and get to the basket um, have a better chance. And I think someone like Jokic, um, I'm going to be interested to see how the Clippers guard him. Late in the game, they put Kawhi Leonard on him so they could switch the Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll, and I'm just interested if they start in that tonight um, or they get to that sooner. Jeff, how, how do you keep guys like Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell on the floor if you're Doc Rivers? Obviously, they give you so many points off the bench, but defensively, that's something that Mike Malone and the Nuggets have been taking advantage of. You know what's interesting, uh, Jay, is that when I look at the box scores of all six games, the only game the Clippers were a negative with Lou Williams on the floor was the last game. Every other game, despite his struggles or maybe defensive shortcomings, um, they have been a huge plus with him on the floor. Now, Harrell is different. You know, you look at his field goal percentage shooting, it's fine. Where, where you see it is, it's his rebounding, it's his defensive energy, It's his ability to guard, pick, and roll and use his quickness and get back to Jokic. That hasn't been there. Uh, Whether that's because he's in a funk or, you know, the time away from the team that he he spent a long time away from the team, um, whether that's had the impact, I don't know. But to me, they're two different situations. And I'm going to be interested to see if Doc Rivers plays Reggie Jackson instead of Shamit because people are overlooking his struggles in the series whether they play Lou Williams more or less or, and whether Harrell is the first big off the bench or they bring Jermichael Green in. Coach, let's look at the other game uh, with the Heat and the Celtics. What style of play do you think will dictate this series and who does it favor? Well, I think Miami obviously has been a great story because, you know, they've, they were 39, they were sub 500 team last year and now they're playing to go to the finals. And that's tremendous roster renovation, you know, by the Heat. Uh, but it's going to be a wingman series. You know, it's, you know, Bam Adebayo is a better player than Tice, but Tice is, is good. Then it's going to be, you know, perimeter play. And, you know, who can run pick and rolls better? Who can ISO better? Who shoots the three better? And I really like Boston. I, I think Boston, uh, Jalen Brown, uh, has really grown as a player, as has Jason Tatum. Uh, And if they can get Gordon Hayward back and he can be pretty good, you know, even with that time off, Keyshawn, I think they have a legit chance to win it all. Coach, it's going to be so incredible to watch Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Chase, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero off all the action that Eric Sposer runs. Uh, Do we we overlook how brilliant of a job Eric Sposer has done with this team? Well, I think what we've really done is overlook the brilliance of Eric Spolstra for his entire career. Uh, 
you know, his first year coaching the Heat 12, 12 or 13 years ago, the Heat were coming off, I think, a 15-win season. And they got to the playoffs the next year. And then, you know, he had another really good season. And this is pre, you know, LeBron James. And then we all know the well-documented run they went on when James and Bosch joined Wade. But Spolstra got very little credit, as has any coach that's ever coached LeBron James, right? But then after that, they've been in this five years where they've been, you know, okay, not good, not great, but okay. But I think what's been overlooked in all of that is just how well Eric Spolstra maxes out whatever type of roster he's been given, whether it's a good roster or whether it's a really limited roster. And so I think his entire career, Jay, has been overlooked. And I think this guy is a Hall of Fame coach. I think his resume shows that and will show that at the end of this great run he's had with the Heat. And I think he's something that should be appreciated more. Yeah, he's a coach that teams like Philadelphia or the Houston Rockets would love to have, obviously, if they could. With those two voids in those coaching vacancies, Coach, who do you think are the best candidates for both Philly and Houston? Well, I don't know about specific guys because I think there's a lot of guys given the right support from up above that could do an outstanding job. But I have to be a little biased here. Um, I do not know for the life of me why Mark Jackson hasn't gotten another opportunity. I agree with you, Coach. When I look at what he did with the Warriors and how he built that core group up uh, and injected them with a defensive mindset, uh, an incredible amount of confidence, calling that backcourt uh, way before anybody else did, the best shooting backcourt of all time in Curry and Thompson. He has a unique way. He had it as a player when I coached him. He had it as a coach to instill confidence and and do it in a, such a way that teams begin to really believe not only in themselves but in each other. And to me, it flabbergasts me, guys, that someone who's had such a remarkable career in the NBA as a player, a broadcaster, a coach, that he is not being more sought after. And I think the guy that does whatever owner president comes out and says, you know what, I'm not going to be overlooking that greatness anymore. I think they're going to make a heck of a choice when they pick Mark Jackson. Coach, do you see Giannis leaving Milwaukee at all? It's hard to say. You know, the media paints everything in such championship or bust now uh, mentality. Like you're a failure if you strive for a championship but come up short. That I think a lot of times that impacts players' decisions on whether they leave small market teams or they continue to pursue, like Carl Malone and John Stockton did in small markets, you know, their ability to try to win a championship. Myself, I think Giannis stays for his whole career uh, in Milwaukee, or at least that part of his career where he's an elite, elite player. But I do think there's going to be noise from the outside that tries to push him to one of the glamour, uh, more marketable franchises. We'll see what happens tonight with Giannis long-term. We'll see what happens tonight short-term with the Clippers and the Nuggets. You'll be on the call with your old partners, Mike Breen, and the aforementioned Mark Jackson, along with Rachel Nichols on the sideline. And we'll set it up with the Celtics and the Heat game one at 6.30 on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Jeff, look forward to watching you tonight. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh 
That's Jeff Van Gundy. Speaking of Giannis, Giannis about to become a two-time MVP. His player resume is brought to you by Indeed. Find the high-impact hire your business needs at Indeed.com slash high-impact. So that would be back-to-back MVPs, best record in the league for his team, and the defensive player of the year, and didn't make the conference finals. And that's why, Jay, it is such a huge talking point. It had been reported that he had met with Bucks co-owner Mark Lazary, who I know you mentioned on the show the day the Bucks walked off the court. You were actually having a personal lunch with him that particular day, so you kind of know the owner. You've been watching the player. What do you think might happen here? Well, my sources tell me, and they're really close to, to, the, to the source, is that you know those things weren't really discussed at the meeting. You know, they barely dove into it. It was more about just kind of understand what happened this season. What did you see? How can we do a better job moving forward? Um, Personally, what I see happening moving forward is that Giannis will probably do the same thing LeBron James did with a one-on-one deal, right? Like, hey, let's see how much you guys go over the cap. How much do you guys actually want to build out the supporting system around me? We're bringing players in that can actually help us win a championship and build the right foundation here. And one of the things that I know was an issue was them losing Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon was a 50-40-90 guy for this team. He made clutch shots down the stretch. They lost him in the market to the Indiana Pacers. Now, they were trying to fill in those same gaps, but once Giannis went out, we were always asking after Chris Middleton what else was there, and that was the main question. So if Giannis can get those things in place with the Bucks, I think Giannis and Mark Lazary and Wes Edens, the two owners of the team, John Horst and company, the GM, they will be around each other for a very long time. I wonder how difficult it will be, even though they're willing to go over the cap, how difficult it would be to lure free agents to a small town, a small city like a Milwaukee. When you think about you think about LeBron in Cleveland, Kyrie was there. They had to trade to get Kevin Love. It wasn't like they went out and, you know, paid somebody a handsome ransom to come and join him in Cleveland. That's going to be interesting to see if one of these big-time free agents be willing to go to a small market. Look, he, a lot of people – will make those choices if they have a higher chance of getting a ring. Now, you don't have to sign a long-term deal there. You can use it as a stepping stone for the next place you want to be. But if you sign a short-term deal, you sign a three-year deal worth great money, you get a chip, you're higher value on the market, you go somewhere else you want to be. Right, and you keep mentioning Miami with associated with Giannis. They keep winning, they keep going further and further. It's hard to ignore what they might be rebuilding again down there in South Beach. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Much more on the way, including London Fletcher from the NFL at 9:10, and Shanae Agumake will join us at 9:30 with her thoughts on Giannis and very interesting th- thoughts on the meeting that was had by why that's not really the only real meeting that needs to be had. That's on the way. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Guys out here with this conjecture, <laughs> trying to push false narratives into the streets. Man, I'm not pushing no false narratives into <laughs> the streets. problems. Stop, man. I'm... He's not the answer. Okay. I got to rename him. His name is not Danny Dimes. 
He he made some nice throws last night, okay? There's no question about it. He made some nice throws last night. But he also threw the ball out the back of the damn end zone when he should have just threw it to the sideline. He panicked. I agree with you on that. Okay, so you're going to tell me that's growth. I cannot he needs refute to get that. Older. I cannot Ooh, refute that. Okay. But he didn't fumble the ball. He didn't fumble the ball. There were times he looked great last night. Our defense did look good for a little bit, and, and, and but we always knew that the secondary was going to have some issues, and it was a matter of time before Big I mean, Ben I guess. got in I, sync. I mean, I guess. If it, I guess, man. If, look, that's, man. if you're happy with what they showed you, if you like it, I love it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm saying you, you were having this fight about whether the Steelers will be in your top six or not because they're right there. And if they're in the top six, considering how many games the Giants won last year, Okay, we were in striking distance, Key. We were in striking distance. That's a, that's a, that's a good they step were not, forward. They were, never, they were not going to beat Pittsburgh. I There's agree no with you. There's no question about it. But I didn't see me with my eyes. What would you have liked to have seen that would have led you, other than a win, that would have led you ultimately to say, you know what, the Giants are coming back. Clean, cleaner on offense, more protection for the quarterback. But, but also, you've also given excuses to other teams about no OTAs, no preseason, no, but I didn't, I, but, all but, these things. So but, can you factor those things into this as well? There's no excuses. I would have liked to have seen them be cleaner. Things can be clean, right? The the the, the swing pass to Swaycon Barkley when he hurdled the guy, that's clean to me. Okay. That's clean. The play action pass on the deep post to uh uh Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton, that's clean to me. It was set up perfect. You made Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick settle his feet. He threw it over the top. It was drawn up that way. It was perfect. Clean. Nobody nobody around. Key. Danny Dimes, legs, none of that. That yeah, was clean. Because the offensive line actually protected him and gave enough time in the pocket don't, to make the throw. Don't allow I'm saying. the penetration when Saquon Barkley gets the ball to get hit in the backfield every single time he touches it. You can do things from a game-planning situation to protect that running back from getting teed off on when he touches the ball. Isn't there something to be said about continuity? Guess what I've heard happened? you say this multiple times about well, teams what? that have been together for a long time. Look at the Ravens. They've been together for a long time. They have great continuity, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're not missing a stride or missing a beat after not having preseason. Isn't there something you said about a team that's gone through three head for, coaches? For, for, making for cha- three and a half quarters, though? You, you I, mean I, to tell me? So Danny Dimes was dealing for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin in the defense made the second-half adjustments to shut all that down. You have to counter that from an offensive standpoint on adjustments. You have to go back in and say, we need to get the football to this guy. We need to put him in motion to do this. Even if you are only getting a few yards at doing it. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is I know you keep going back to the pick in the second half, but – you keep negating the 19-play drive that it took for them to actually get in a position to be in the red zone in the first all, place. All for nothing. You know all what? for nothing. Do you, see, do you feel that zoom All in? for do nothing. You feel it with him 19, every time. 19 play every drive time he gives for us nothing. nothing. You know, it's funny. Now, to be pre-LeBron, the Lakers, are you, oh, we're making moves. No, pre-LeBron, pre-LeBron, we was – you. I can't say it on air. We was bad. Well, I, I'm not bad. saying that we weren't bad. But, oh, I'm saying bad but, in comparison to where we were. We're, we're. We looked better last night. But they figured the Lakers figured it out, and they got LeBron. They got AD. Well, that's a different conversation. Okay, then don't yeah. bring you the one. That's the a different. That's a ghetto conversation. You switched it from. I did the Giants <laughs> to the Lakers. How did do that? Well, Gettleman's a different conversation. I, I don't, I'm look, not saying he's a long term answer. He, here's what I would say about the quarterback. 
if the quarterback was given the time and given the weapons around him, then I think he could be very efficient at doing some things. But when you hold him to such high regard as Gettleman did when he drafted him, I'm just not seeing it with my eyes that make me believe that he's the long-term answer right now. But once again, that's, a, gotta, Gettleman, that's a Gettleman decision. Uh, I'm, I'm not putting that on Danny Dimes. Look, no, no, you, you look, can't put it on Danny Dimes. You, it is a Gettleman decision. Coach Cutcliffe, to, the head coach of Duke, has been raving about Daniel Jones. All right? You've had... <laughs> Peyton Manning has worked down at Duke. Don't don't do this to me. Don't drop him back in the pocket. Peyton Manning. I know when you do the feet. The drop back. Don't do this to me. All right. So are you are you saying that Peyton Manning doesn't make people better around these? No, I'm not not saying that. I'm not not saying that about Peyton. Peyton knows talent. He played the game at a high level. I'm not saying that. But don't give me the Peyton sign off on him. So therefore, it's supposed to be good. How do you not factor that in? I'm not saying that everything David Gettleman has done is correct. But how do you not factor in a Hall of Fame quarterback? That actually is great at recognizing schemes, going through progressions, that actually stamps he's, a young player. He's good at doing it. Danny Dimes has a long ways to go I'm not saying he before he team. gets there. First of all, they don't have any— they, You're just putting unfair they, expectations on him. He didn't no, come not. out and say, I'm doing all these incredible no, I'm things. Not. I'm, not putting that, I'm not putting— That's a Dave Gettleman un, issue once I'm again. I'm not putting unfair expectations on the young man. Dave Gettleman needs to surround him with playmakers to get the best out of him. Agreed. And, and until they scheme with the guys that they have, we're going to see what we saw last night. Him have some success until defenses make the adjustments to blitz him, to bring their front, to disguise coverages, all of those sort of things that we saw last night. We talk about the interception on the 19-play drive. He was trying to get out of the way. There's coaching that says don't throw the ball one-on-one. Quarterback one-on-one. Don't throw the ball back across your body. Throw it out of bounds. If there's nothing, live no. to see another day. I don't know why. And the, I know you're a Giants I, I don't fan. know why the producer has to get in my ear and tell me to lay out. I can sit here and argue with you all day about this. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I'm explaining to I know you. You're, I know what you're explaining. Uh, you know what, Zubin? Go ahead. I'll tell you what, Key. At the end of the day, I have to get this in. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Mako. Mako is ready to fix those dents, repair that collision damage, spray in a fresh coat of paint with online estimates, contactless service, and their best price guarantee. Come to Mako and roll out refresh. Go to Mako.com to get started. To find a shop near you, Uh uh-oh, better get Mako. Go ahead. I'm just hot. I'm just hot. <laughs> you need to cool yourself off a little hot bit. Hot for what? I'm just explaining to you what I saw. Something about the way you explain it makes me angry. I'm just, just explaining way, to you what I saw. Just the way saw. your nose flares when, up when, when you say when, it with when your you chest. Have, when That's what it when is. your top dog has the worst game of his NFL career, it doesn't feel good. I don't want to hear nothing about the offensive Wait. line is learning how to do this and that. And that's what I'm you saying. You can't no open key. up one hole. Well, that's what I'm you saying. You can't give the man one hole. Wait, Key, you just made the point. So yes. Our best player did have the worst game, and you're still in a position to win the game. Is there... When are you in a position to win the game? Okay. I ain't never – I didn't feel like that. Did you ever feel like that was well, in I think position? he's referencing when it was 16-10. It's a one-possession game, you. right? I mean, at that point. You you think – oh, okay. Well. Yes, I – yes. I didn't think they was in position. What are you, what are you talking about? We are in the red zone. What are you talking – key – Sometimes I, I feel like, you know, when you sit up here now, I know you, you, you say – I didn't think I, – I didn't think so. I, they might have scored, but Pittsburgh, well, you know, they do get the ball back. I mean, you didn't think a lot of things, though. 
You, you thought the Browns were going to beat the Ravens. So I'm no, just saying, actually. You picked I, the Browns to beat the Ravens, Keyshawn. That, I actually did think that to a degree, yes, but then I fooled myself. What do you mean myself. to a degree? Not, it's not to Once a degree. Once I realized that the Browns were browning it, there was no point so of what happened doing was. That. No, I did. I figured, I, oh, great. Kevin Stefanski, uh, Baker Mayfield, OBJ, they getting ready to roll. But didn't happen. They got rolled. I'll never pick them again. No, you ain't got to worry about that. That'll never happen. Real quick, Dave Gettleman, Giants general manager, entered the league in 1986, helped the Panthers get to the Super Bowl in 2015, but it does seem to reason in today's hot take sports world that his entire referendum, his entire career will come down to whether Danny Dimes works or not. Fair or not, Tom Brady didn't work Sunday, and Bruce Arians let him have it. Our guys. Damn giant fan, man. He's sitting over here. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.